think one of the scariest parts of running a software company is knowing when to hire, who to hire, how to hire, and what to look for. And especially for me as a non-technical founder, trying to figure out how to hire a technical person, one of your developers or somebody running the whole engine of your company. That's scary. That's why I brought John Light on the show. He's with Sabretooth. And he explained how a non-technical founder or even a technical founder can find and hire great technical talent, where to find them, how to vet them out, what to look for, all of those things John covers in this episode. So if you want to make sure that your development team is top notch, definitely check this out. Welcome to Scale Your SaaS, the podcast that gives you proven techniques and formulas for boosting your revenue and achieving your dream exit. Brought to you by a guy who's done just that multiple times. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. And welcome to Scale Your SaaS. Thank you very much. Glad to have you here. I really appreciate you showing up. We are here to help you grow your company and giving you all sorts of perspectives and ways of doing that. If you are new to the show and you want to grow your company, hit the subscribe button right now. That way you're going to be subscribed so you get all of the new updates, all of our new shows, so you don't miss out on anything. And I am really delighted today to have a special guest with us, John Light. John, how are you doing? Hey, Matt. Doing great. And I'm very happy to be here and uh, have been looking forward to this for a while, too, because, you know, when you look at people who are interested in scaling their SaaS business into something more, uh, one of the biggest inhibitors is talent. And that's where I've spent over the last two decades plus of my life, my professional life, focusing is the identification, qualification, attraction, and acquisition of the right talent at the right time, hopefully at the right time. Look. Yeah, so true. It's super important. And that's uh, something that we're going to touch on today is how that talent can, how you can find it and how you can make sure that you get the right people on board so that they can help you grow your company. So let me tell everybody who you are, John. So John, he's the president of Sabretooth and Sabretooth provides a new tech talent hire vehicle called Retingent. They improve the quality of hire and speed up the time to fill specialized machine learning, data engineering, data science, and developer talent, stretching tech recruiting budgets further. Sabretooth does that by bringing the precision of retained search and the speed of contingent search to the market in one complete solution. John absolutely knows his stuff when it comes to finding the right talent, especially tech talent. And I'm so glad he's here to help us understand how to do it well. So John, thanks for coming on the show. No, happy to. It's great to be here, Matt. And man, I'm excited to talk about some of this stuff too, because if there's an area that we need help when it comes to finding the right talents in tech, I mean, let's face it, you know, when we look around tech, it's of all the industry sectors out there, it has the, the biggest growth waves. They seem to go the longest. But even today, that is getting compressed more and more uh, as AI, generative AI in particular, is hitting the marketplace. A lot of companies don't know what to do. And let's face it, we've got applications of AI coming out today at a faster pace than I, I think anyone is expecting. You know, we, we've had it sending out AI in our ML applications for a long time on machine learning. But this generative stuff is just so many new applications, so many different ways to bring it out and tease out value. And one of the biggest, one of the hardest things to do, I think, is to figure out what to do with it, right? That specific application. And I relate that back to talent in this way, going out and hiring, hiring talent, no matter how technical, no matter how good a person is, doesn't matter if you haven't defined the application of that talent. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's that's well said. How, how did you come up with the idea for Sabretooth? Where'd that come to be? 
Uh, well, Sabretooth is actually uh, – the genesis of it actually sits back in kind of a uh, – Years of sitting in the recruiting space, whether it's in contingent, I've done retained as well. I've done RPO. I've led retail staffing. Uh, but the permanent place is where I enjoy being the most. I think it's the most impactful. But the fact is, uh, pure play retained search doesn't serve the middle part of the market. You know, once a person's making, say, under 350, 400,000 base, uh, either non-executive levels for a lot of big companies, the the impact of retained search tends to taper off relative to the cost. On the other end of that, you have contingent where there's tons of recruitment going on. Uh, it's a hugely flawed model that everybody's been using since the 60s because you have recruiters that work for free 80, 85% of the time. They have no loyalty to anything but the transaction because they have to get the transaction. Um but it can be very effective where you have volume hires, near entry level, you know, people with two, three, four, five years of experience. But it starts tapering off in effectiveness as you go up the the ladder of compensations to about you know 150,000. So the thesis behind Sabretooth is how do we bring the best of both worlds, the speed and cost related to contingent, but the client loyalty, precision, and service levels that relate to retained into a bundle that makes sense. What makes sense in that middle market space, which just happens to be where a lot of tech talent sits, both as individual contributors and leaders. Um, And what's great since we rolled it out almost a year ago, now we've had 100% fill rate on all of our assignments and averaged just at 35 days uh, average time to fill. So different model, different way of thinking, uh, breaks things up a little bit because our loyalties to our client and, uh, you know, we breathe it and live it, and it's working out fantastic. So it's something we want to evangelize and socialize and get out more in the marketplace because you don't have to sit back and and hold a recruiter at arm's length. You can actually bring them in and partner with them and listen to the people who swim in the space or that you want to swim in uh, to know how to stay away from the sharks and off the rocks uh, and get where you want to go. Fantastic. I love it. So glad you guys are doing that. I want to ask because everybody who's listening, usually they're here to scale their SaaS. That's the name of the show. So how important is it for a software company to have really great tech talent on board? I forget who said the, who to tell, uh, assign the quote to, but maybe it was Stephen Covey, maybe it's Simon Sinek. It's it's one of these uh, leadership management uh, gurus out there, but it was something the effect of, uh, Strategy is worthless without the talent to execute it. And when you start talking about tech talent and and what you need and and how to apply it, I think it's super critical that you have the ability to focus in on it. I mean, if you're going to scale your SaaS, uh, your biggest expenses really, or your biggest expense is people. You need to get it right, especially if you're on a shoestring, especially if you're early stage. And that means sometimes you got to take the you got to take one hat off and and put a headhunter at, hat on. You know, take the CEO hat off, put the headhunter hat on. Uh, take the COO mm-hmm. hat off, the CTO hat off, put the headhunter hat on, and make some decisions that, yeah, I know so and so and I like them, but they have gaps that I can't overcome. Mm-hmm. Or I love this one candidate. They have some gaps, but you know what? I've got someone else over here I could partner them with or team them with, or they can complement one another. I I think you got to think creatively and you've got to be willing to go the extra mile because hiring great tech talent, truly great tech talent that can take you from where you are. If you've gone from zero to one and you want to get to 10, 
the people that can do that, they are not on a street corner. They are not, uh, you know, flash the bat signal up in the clouds and they're going to suddenly show up. You've got to get out there and compete and work for them. And it's hard. And I, if there's one thing I would tell people, especially early stage, you're going to have to put some effort into it. Now, you can partner someone like Sabretooth, uh, and we do a lot of that as well, but you're still going to get interrogated. You're still going to have to dive in and understand what your value proposition is to a candidate, to an employee, because employees now are getting more savvy. The good ones, they want to be a part of something bigger. Now, that doesn't mean they have to go join a $10 billion company tomorrow, but they need to join a company where they can buy into the mission, where they believe in it, where it gets them excited. It makes them want to get out of bed in the morning and come in and do their best work. Um, that's where you know, you're looking at people who, yeah, you can motivate, but they also are just excited to tackle the problems that you put in front of them. And those can be really hard to find. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. So what are some of the best ways to attract and, and retain top tech talent? Okay, that's a big question. And I think it's one of the most <laughs> hairiest questions out there, right? Because uh, what we try to do at Sabretooth is we want to address issues around quality of hire, time to fill, cost per hire, and the lack of internal recruiting teams who understood tech enough to qualify the right people, to bring the right people to the table. And so if you want to find people, number one, you got to make yourself attractive. Mm -hmm. And man, that can be a hard thing to do, right? Well, you can't put your company on a diet and go hit the gym three days a week or five days a week and, and try and make it look prettier. Um, and as expression goes in the South, there's only so much lipstick you can put on a pig, mm -hmm. you know, but what you can do, I think, is understand what problems you're trying to solve. And. When you bring someone in, when you identify someone and you want to attract them to your company, help them not only understand what problems you want to solve, but why it's important and how they are going to impact that solution. Hmm. You know, you ever get the idea, you watch a TV show or you watch your friends maybe who work for very large companies and you get the sense that sometimes they wonder if what they're doing actually has value. You know, are they just a really tiny cog in the machine and they don't understand how, you know, uh, if that cog fails, the whole machine could fall apart. They don't understand mm -hmm. necessarily how they impact the big picture. And I think you've got to get people to see it and buy into it, to want to be a part of it. And that's a big part of the attraction. You've got to tell the story that people want to be a part of. And in terms of retaining them, please don't ever ignore your people. Please don't ever take them for granted that are sitting out there. That doesn't mean that you've got to have ping pong tables, although espresso machines go a long way to making – people happy uh, in the office space. But I would suggest this, constantly put people in a position to improve themselves. I think one of the most critical things we can do is learn and to continuously learn, to be curious. I want to have smart, curious people around me. Um, if I'm growing a SaaS company, I want smart, curious people who see a problem and they don't just go, hey, I see a problem. They go, I see a problem. I've thought about it and I've got so many potential solutions. Let's talk mm -hmm. about that for a minute. Give people rain to do that and trust them. Trust them that if you help them upskill, trust them that if you help them learn something new that makes them more valuable in a marketplace, trust them that they're going to give you first right of refusal, first opportunity if they ever decided to leave. And let the market do its thing. You know, don't 
big brother sitting over their 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 shoulder. Just mm-hmm. relax, let them be themselves, and you as leader be yourself. People want to be around genuine people, and they'll stay for genuine people. They won't stay for facades. That eventually that'll burn out, and it'll burn them out, and you lose them. We'll be right back. Scale Your SaaS is supported by ToroWave. Lots of software leaders I talk to are looking to scale their SaaS. And I keep hearing over and over about one major struggle, getting ghosted by buyers after the demo. How frustrating is it? When you have a great demo, you're feeling good, they like it, it seems like a done deal, and then crickets, nothing. You reach out, they're not responding to you at all. And when these software companies, they ask me to dive in, I notice that these sellers are following up the wrong way, or actually, I should say, with the wrong medium. What they're doing is they're hammering emails over and over again. I got a newsflash for you. Email effectiveness is dwindling down and down every year. So why beat your head against the wall losing all kinds of business? Start texting, mix in texts along with emails and calls and watch your conversion rates go up. In fact, conversion rates go up by about 50% when you use texting as part of the follow-up. People are used to it. And did you know the response rate on texts is 98%, 98%. So why throw emails into a a black hole knowing that they're never going to get returned. Text buyers and get results. But don't use your own phone. All kinds of security and compliance issues if you do. Also, none of that data is with your company. That's not good. Instead, use this system ToroWave. ToroWave is designed for sales. It makes texting with buyers super simple and fast, and it helps drive more deals. Deals that you've been losing until now. For being a listener, you get 50% off your first month of using ToroWave. 50% off. Just go to ToroWave.com slash scale. That's T-O-R-O-W-A-V-E dot com slash scale. Get signed up and start winning more deals like Tracy, who closed $170,000 in three days after starting. Again, go to ToroWave.com slash scale catch up and win by texting with Toraway. And we're back. I, I totally agree. I found that myself being more of myself has been a lot better and, and treat them like adults give them the responsibility and accountability and then uh, let them do their thing. And uh, I think that's great advice. And I, I love that. What I want to ask is it's something that, that I've struggled with in, in my past being non-technical, but how, how can a non-technical leader identify a strong tech candidate versus a weak one? Man, that could be a tough question because um, it's not easy, right? If if you ask me to go mm-hmm. sit down right now and do a Python coding competition with somebody, a hackathon or whatever, I'd get my head handed to me and uh, no bones about it. But mm-hmm. if you asked me also to go out right now and play linebacker for name your favorite NFL team, I'd probably get killed at my age and condition and you know, where I've been in life, whether I played earlier in life, doesn't matter. You're going to get hammered. Does that mean I don't know what good looks like when it comes to a good linebacker or a good coder or a good whatever? And so I think what you got to do is find, and this is what I did early on when I first got into the, uh, into the talent acquisition space for tech talent specifically, you know, what are the top three to five things, keys that I'm going to see between and someone who's really good in some uh, in data science, for example, or machine learning, or whatever it might be, find those three to five things, those highly important, critical items that these people will have mastered or be on the way to mastering, and focus in on them. And then, this is a dirty little secret of the recruiting world: um, don't be afraid 
to do what we, we kind of loosely refer to as a backdoor reference. Okay. So if somebody says that they have a skill in X, whatever X is, what other ways independent of that person can you confirm that? Can you talk to a reference? Can you look at a LinkedIn profile? Do they have something sitting out on, on GitHub or whatever that you can go check out? Go take a look. And if they have uh, an application out there, or a tool somewhere that they wrote and it's open source, why don't you have somebody you know who's really good at that take a peek at it? Don't be afraid to ask for advice and insight. Don't be afraid to ask for specific questions that might require some level of specialization. And then don't be afraid to ask a candidate if they've actually done something they claim to do. And that may sound a little odd. Well, of course, people, you know, they, they say what they can do and do what they can say and whatever you want to call it. But studies have found something like 80% of the profiles on LinkedIn likely contain a material misstatement or omission. And it's very easy to claim credit for something that was actually a team effort when you only had a little slice of it. Sure. You know, so to candidates, I would say, you know, talk really and truly about what you've done. It's not about what the team's done. You can talk about the team context, but bury, get down to what you have accomplished and done. Uh, and to someone handling the interview who's non-technical, ask the question, so what did you do? Not what the team did. Tell me more about what you did. And can you quantify the impact of what you did? You know, uh, an interview technique I use constantly is I don't like asking binary questions that are easy, easily a yes or a no. I want to ask questions built around how, what, when, why, where. Tell me how you did this. Why did you do it that way? Why did you move from company A to company B and the companies to, from B to C, then D, uh, C to D and so on and so forth? And when people tell you that, are their reasons consistent? Because if they're not consistent, it lets you know there could be a red flag there you need to investigate. So being a non-technical interviewer of technical talent, you need to be savvy in getting to the heart of information and learning over time, what are those three, four, five things that this candidate in this particular specialization or our, our tech sector should know and, and know cold? And I think that goes a really, really long way. Uh, just being curious yourself because you're going to get educated on it. It's not, and it's like people look at AI, for example, as some sort of, wow, you know, it's, it's the wizard behind the curtain. AI, in theory, has been around since the 50s last century, but the computing capacity, the capability to actually apply it has only come along recently. AI is not some kind of new technology that we're looking at and saying, wow, this was just invented and some guy had, hadn't even got their Nobel Prize yet. No, this is stuff you can get educated on and educated on in a hurry if you're willing to be curious and, and show a little bit of drive and initiative and in asking the right questions. Love it. Love it. So what would you say are some of the big mistakes leaders are making when trying to hire good tech team members? What are they doing wrong? You know, it varies so much, I think, from individual to individual. But I would tell you, in general terms, one of the biggest mistakes I see is you, you talk to somebody in the tech space, you know, tech talent, you're non-technical. And they share a lot of information about their background. They show you a nice piece of paper, the resume, their CV, their LinkedIn profile, whatever it may be. And we get so enamored with all the technical stuff that we forget to actually do the interview. You know, 
I think it's something like uh, 82% of all mishires, and that's people who leave as people are fired, all one bucket, 82%, the primary reason are soft skills, not hard skills. Wow. And so, yeah, vet the hard skills, vet the technical skills, absolutely. Are you vetting the soft skills? Does this person culturally align with what we have in our organization? And let's, for argument's sake, let's let's get rid of the big B school uh, definitions of culture and look at cultures. How we go about our business? How do we go about our day? For example, you find a problem. Do you put the problem on the table and run away? Do you try to cover it up? Do you try and push it to someone else's desk and workspace and let it be their problem? Or do you come up with two or three potential solutions and just go have a candid conversation? Hey, I found this problem. And maybe it generated with me. Maybe it generated with, with this other guy. It doesn't matter. How do we solve the problem before? Some companies reward that behavior. Some organizations reward you pushing it over to somebody else's desk. Um, if you're in a smaller group, you don't have time for that. So does how that candidate work align with how you go about your work? Because if you miss out on that alignment, People spend so much time putting up a facade, uh, making the manager happy because that's who signs a paycheck uh, or might give me a promotion or whatever it could be. You don't spend that energy executing your job. And when you're not spending that, ex- that energy executing your job, you're failing. And when that individual fails because we put them in the wrong context, my company could potentially fail. It certainly won't be able to scale like it could have otherwise. So don't forget to actually interview people. Find out about them. Find out about how they do things and make sure it aligns with how you want to go about doing things. I love it. This is exactly the type of stuff that I teach people about hiring salespeople or marketers mm-hmm. is look at how they fit into your culture. Do they actually match the type of person yep. that would would work within your environment and the type of values that your company has? And so don't forget that with the tech side, just because... You, they're they're in a different role doesn't mean that they still aren't a member of your team and somebody who needs mm-hmm. to fit in with that. That's something that I've kind of had to teach myself. You know, you look at a tech person, you just want the technical ability, but actually they're a person and they're part of the team. Yep. I love that that advice. Even John. If, I appreciate that. No, ha- I, I try to live it every day. And and hey, even sometimes we we misstep, right? But one of the things I found is when the difference between looking at salespeople or general operation people, or F&A, or supply chain, or whatever it might be, and tech, is that in spite of a year and a half, two years of layoffs, it's still really, really hard to find great tech talent. Mm-hmm. You know, And we think somehow, because there's a scarcity in a hard skill, that we should take our foot off the gas and making sure that alignment is okay. And I would tell you, especially a smaller company looking to scale, don't do that. Don't do that. There's a cost that you may not see or be able to quantify associated with putting the wrong person, doing some of the right stuff, but not all of it, at the wrong time. You know, Even if you have the, a person doing the right stuff at the right time, but they're the wrong fit for the organization, you still get hosed. So if you're really committed... And you know, hands down, okay, we're ready to pull the trigger and we're ready to scale this bad boy. You need to be taking that attitude, that disposition forward into your talent acquisition. Um, and that means you, you've got to do the work. And that means you may vet everybody you can think of and sit back and go, well, I can't find anybody, so I'm going to have to settle. 
Stop it. Stop it. I mean, if it's that bad, pay me to go to it. My team will go find them. That's what we do. Um, it may end up being that you have the wrong set of expectations for the role or for the person uh, or for the marketplace. It may be that you know you have to figure out, well, maybe this shouldn't be one role. Maybe I need it to be two roles or three. Uh, you know, a big part of it is set expectations correctly uh, when you start at the beginning of the search. And if you get into it and find out that the market's not meeting those expectations, go back to the beginning. Start from there. And it's hard work. And I think that's why a lot of people don't do it. We want the shortcut. We want to get to the quick fix. And in the right talent, there's not a quick fix. I think that's really well said and a, and a great place to wrap. This has been really informative, really helpful. John, how can our audience learn more about you and Sabretooth? Oh, that's great, Matt. I appreciate that. Uh, SBR2TH.com, Sabretooth.com, no vowels. Uh, more than welcome to check us out there or look John Light up on LinkedIn or Sabretooth up on LinkedIn. We're all over the place on those two mediums. Um, plus, if you have a chance, uh, send me a connection invite. I'm always happy to uh, tackle questions or you can check out my feed and various podcasts that I join. And, and if I may, if it's okay, Matt Plug, you're more than welcome to look me up on all the major streaming services for Drowning in the Tech Talent Pool where we discuss this uh, in great detail, uh, I think it's a place that gives people tools, right? And to deal with this one issue that's multifaceted and in-depth. And without it, if you want to scale, if, if your strategy is to grow a company, whether you're going to sell it or whether you're going to uh, develop as an enterprise into the future, uh, you start with a great idea. But from that point forward, everything else is about who you hire when you bring them on, are they aligned? Love it. Yeah, your show is great. We're happy to plug your podcast as well. So we'll put all that into the show notes. If you're listening, check it out. If you need to hire great tech talent, which you do, if you are running a software company, go check that out. See what John is doing. And he's putting out a ton of value for you. So John, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Matt. And uh, I imagine we're going to get a chance to talk again in the future. So I'm going to look forward to that. In the meantime, however I can help, always feel free to let me know. Likewise. Will do. Thanks so much. And everybody out there, thank you for being here. Thanks for watching and listening. Really appreciate it. Once again, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on any other amazing leaders like John helping you out so you can scale your SaaS. Thanks for coming and we will see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to Scale Your SaaS. For more help on finding great leads and closing more deals, go to mattwallach.com.